Okay, last week we looked at, um, we did part one of, of this message, and it was so much that I didn't get through it, so here we are at part two of this message. And we looked at how we tend to compare God to relationships that we've experienced. And we learned that God is greater than all others. Without equal, he is beyond compare. Beyond compare as God the Father, as God our provider, God our rescuer, our protector, our healer, our judge, our teacher. He is without equal in every way. So today, part two of this message, we're going to look at how each of us can live beyond compare. Comparison is ingrained in our society from such a young age, even before a child's birth. Mothers will compare birth and labor stories, <laughs> pregnancy stories. Is it not true? How much weight did we gain? How long did the labor last? We compare. And then when a child is born, the medical teams track their growth by comparison. We say, you know, oh, he's in the 75th percentile uh, for his weight, or she's in the 95th percentile for her, her height. It's comparison. Our kids are only 16 months apart, and as they were growing up, I can't even count how many times that they would stand back to back and say, okay, who's taller? Who's taller? It's that comparison. We get compared to our siblings or our friend groups. I was the last in um, my grandparents' line of grandchildren, so I was the youngest grandchild. But my siblings and my cousins and I, we all went through the same schools. And I can remember when I got to high school, one of the teachers, the very first question when they asked me when they saw my last name was, so which family are you from? You see, my siblings were a little bit more studious and, and applied, whereas my cousins were... Um, a little bit more adventurous, I'll put it that way, than, uh, than my side of the family. And the teacher just wanted to know, okay, like, what am I going to expect from behavior here? He was comparing me, as they do. Even in adult lives, we're compared to others. What else is a job interview than comparing the candidates and choosing the best one? It happens. And don't get me started on Instagram and how that can feed the comparison trap, or Pinterest, or Pinterest fails, <laughs> which can be funny sometimes. But comparisons happen. They are a part of everyday life. But when not handled well, making comparisons, or having them made of us, can be damaging and hurtful, and sidetrack us from our calling. So today I want to take a few minutes and look at some keys to living beyond compare. Those of you who like to take notes, you're going to love this message. We have keys. We have five of them. You can make your points, and I'll try to, try to stay on track. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence here in this place today. And God, I thank you for your word that we can turn to and learn not just who you are, but who we are in you. God, I thank, you that you, um, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each one that's in this place today. God, and as we look at your word and turn back to you in worship, God, I just pray that your, your spirit, Lord, would lift us up as we lift you up today. Help my words to make sense. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So beyond compare, we're going to look at five keys to living beyond compare. Hold on. There it is. Maybe I need a different water bottle. So number one, key to living beyond compare. Be secure in your identity. When we are secure in our identity, we can live beyond compare. When we don't have a clear picture of that identity, we tend to compare ourselves to others, and that can create a deep insecurity. But when we understand how God sees us, who he has created us to be, we can live beyond compare and be confident in who we are. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, can give us this confidence. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You are created in the image of God, the perfect image. You were created in the image of God. You don't need to try to recreate the image of anyone else. You're created in the image of God. I want you to repeat after me. I am created in the image of God. Now turn to the person next to you and tell them you are created in the image of God. Made you do that because some of you didn't say it the first time. So sometimes when we can't say it for ourselves, we need somebody else to say it to us. We are created in the image of God. We don't need to try to recreate anyone else's image, no matter how good it looks, because it's not the, the image that we were created to reflect. The image that we were created in is perfect. We don't need to try to be any more. We don't need to try to be any less. We're created in the image of God. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. This psalmist understood their identity in God, living in the image, created in the image of God. We need to get this into our heads and our hearts to live beyond compare. You are enough. You can thank him for making you wonderfully complex. Not complicated, that's different. <laughs> complex, that's a different, different message for another day. You can thank him for making you wonderfully complex, being confident that he knew exactly what he was doing. So the first key to living beyond compare is to be secure in your identity. Key number two, for those of you taking notes, be secure in your identity. Sounds a little bit like the first one. I had some people that I saw the eyebrows go, wait a minute, didn't, wasn't that the first one? I took notes, and that's the same thing. Be secure in your identity. It's really important. There is a difference between this point and the first point, though. You see, when we live in comparison, we can become insecure. We can begin to think that we're less than others, which is what the first point was more about. But there's a second side of insecurity as well. When we're not secure in our identity... 
we can begin to think more of ourselves than maybe we should. And that often reveals itself as pride or arrogance, which I know there was a time in my life that I would not have said that that was a sign of insecurity, but the older I get, uh, I believe that it really is. Uh, pride and arrogance is a form of insecurity when we are not secure in who we are and who we've been created to be. A real danger when we live a life of comparison is developing pride in ourselves, thinking of ourselves as better than others. Luke chapter 18, I want to read verses 9 to 14. It says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Verse 10, Jesus starts the story. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. Verse 13 says, But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this day, or I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This Pharisee was comparing himself to others and found himself full of pride. And if we're not careful, the same thing can happen to us. The Bible tells me that we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God, all. That means me as well. When we look to others, when we look at others, no matter what their circumstances are, what, their, what job they hold, what habits or addictions they may have, we must see the person, the one who Christ loved so much that he died for their salvation. Comparing ourselves to others to make ourselves look good, even if it's just in our own minds, leads to pride. We have to be secure in our identity and in the identity of others who were also created in the image of God and be secure in who God is beyond compare. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 5 says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have become many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And then down to verse 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You see, we can, we can measure ourselves sometimes. And we think, okay, here's the line. Here's, here's where we should be. And we compare ourselves to others rather than to the image of God. And we can think, oh, I am not measuring up. I'm down here. Or we have the danger of comparing ourselves to others and think, oh, I'm, I'm up here. But in reality, 
This might not work so great, but. In reality, we are not above or below. Whoa, that was not a straight line. But we are all created in the image of God. We are all equals. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. One of the best ways to kill this comparison trap is to celebrate others. I can remember when our kids were little, we worked really hard that if one of them received a gift or a blessing or favor of some kind, that we would celebrate each other, that there was not allowed to be the jealousy and the, well, why did they get and I didn't get, or even, or even making it fair on somebody's birthday, which some people do that and that's fine, but we were like, no, today is her birthday, we celebrate her. Your birthday will come and we will celebrate you. We taught them to be happy for each other, not to be jealous of each other, but to celebrate the wins in other people's lives. When we're secure in our identity, we can be confident in who we are, standing tall, but remaining humble, knowing that everyone we encounter was also created in the image of God, and therefore they are beyond compare as well. So key number one and key number two is to be secure in your identity. Key number three to living beyond compare is to be thankful for your blessings. The Apostle Paul while he was in ministry, was beaten, imprisoned, stoned, shipwrecked, and in yet imprisoned chains, he wrote to the church that he was content no matter what his circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. When we fall into the comparison trap and start to believe that someone else's job is better than ours or their house is bigger or their children are better behaved or their spouse is more attentive, our comparison can quickly result in discontentment. We can begin to think that we should have that job or I should have that house. And, and my kids should act like that, or my spouse should be doing that for me as well. And when we compare our lives to someone else's, we end up in a place of discontentment, disillusionment, and we lose our joy. The Bible says that God does not show favoritism. There was probably four different places, so I'm not going to read them all, but there are God does not show favoritism. But when we live in comparison, comparing our lives, our belongings, our loved ones to others, we can begin to believe that God is somehow withholding something from us that is rightfully ours. When we compare our lives, when we compare ourselves to others, we can begin to believe that God is somehow withholding something from us that is rightfully ours. That is not my God. He is not holding something back from you. He is beyond compare. He is full of love. He's running after you but he's not holding something back from you. God abundantly blesses his children. Psalm 1, 
verses one to three say, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. We might not have the highest paying job or any job. We might not have the biggest house. Maybe we're just in a small apartment. Our kids may seem out of control, or maybe there aren't any kids to be out of control. But when we have Christ, we have eternal life. We are blessed despite our circumstances. When we find delight in the Lord, study his word, then oh, the joy that we have, and we're able to remain thankful for our blessings, content in every circumstance, living lives beyond compare. Be thankful for your blessings. Look for them. Fourth key to living beyond compare, be confident in your calling. We see so many examples in scripture of God calling a person to something, speaking their calling over them, and then the comparisons start. When God chose Saul as the first king of Israel, his response was to compare himself and his family to others and found himself lacking. Gideon responded the same way when the angel of the Lord spoke to him about leading them in battle. Miriam got jealous of Moses, her brother, even though she was gifted in her own right. I want us to look at John chapter 21 for a minute. Jesus appeared to some of the disciples while they were fishing and had breakfast together. And then he has this conversation with Peter. So John 21, I'm going to start at verse 15. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus told him, follow me. I love this. Jesus told Peter three times to feed the sheep. He was reiterating, underlining, highlighting Peter's call to pastor. And then Jesus said, follow me. It was the same words that he'd used just a few years earlier when he called Peter as one of the first disciples. But then we see verse 20, Peter's response. Verse 20 says, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple loved, the one that had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Verse 21, Jesus asked Peter, what about him? What about him? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. 
when we hear God's call on our life telling us to follow him, we don't need to look at anyone else to see what they're doing or ask, okay, but what about them? God's speaking to you, to us. I remember thinking from a very young age that I wanted to be a stay-at-home wife and mother, and God confirmed that when the time came. I didn't look at my friends who were getting into their careers and finishing degrees and going on to more degrees and, and think, well, maybe, maybe that's what I should be doing. Should I? Well, what about them? Should I be doing that? I was confident in my calling. And when God spoke to me again later on in life and added more to it, I had to be confident in that as well. Because our callings will grow as we grow. God will add to when we do what he's told us to do and we do it faithfully and joyfully, then it opens up more doors for him to add more to your calling. So what God has created for you is perfect for you. You are created, chosen, equipped for his plan for you. Miriam was a worship leader who wanted to be the speaker. Peter was a pastor who got distracted by another. Comparison is a trap that the enemy will use to distract us from our call. You see, when we fall into a comparison trap, we often try to imitate others as they do what they're called to do. Oh, if I could only pray like blessings can pray. You guys heard blessings pray? She can pray. If I could only pray like blessings can pray. Or if I could only sing like Nathan can sing. If I could only speak like Glenn can speak. If I could only see visions from God like Catherine gets to see visions from God. But those are the giftings that God has given those people. God may have those gifts for you, I'm not sure, but if you allow yourself to compare or even force your way into a calling, you'll never be satisfied, content, or confident because you won't be walking in God's plan for your life. You'll be trying to walk in, some, in God's plan for someone else. And that isn't the footsteps that God created for you to be in. You'll slide. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Well, how will I know what my calling is? Remember what Jesus said to Peter after he told him to feed his sheep. Follow me. Where? Well, where did Jesus go? He went among the people and encouraged and taught. Brought them hope. He went on the mountainside to pray alone. He spent time with his father. He taught his ways to the disciple. Follow him and he'll begin to unfold your calling right before you. Let me ask you, what's, what's in your hand? When Moses was arguing with God about his mission, he asked, but what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe that this is the mission that you've given me? What if they don't believe? He was, he was comparing what people would think. Instead, or thinking about what people would think rather than what God would think. And God asked him in Exodus 4.2, what's in your hand? And Moses replied, a staff, a stick. I lean on it so when my sandal comes untied, I don't trip. Like, it's just a piece of wood. But God used that. He showed him through that the miracles, the power that God has. 
He used, it, he used what was in Moses' hand to show Moses and all the people, the Egyptians and the Israels alike, the power of God. So what is in your hand? Talents or abilities, money, possessions, influence, whatever's in your hand, whatever it is that you already have, start there. Do you love kids? Start serving in the kids' ministry. Are you good with numbers? We need people that can count. Money and people, both. (laughs) Are you good at being on time? Join a team and show up. Because some of us aren't good at being on time. Just, that's a different story again. Whatever it is that you know that you can do, if you do it for God, he'll begin to unfold his calling for you. Being faithful with what we have, what we already have in our hand. Just follow him and see if he doesn't multiply it, use it for his glory. And I know that he'll guide you and lead you as you serve him, drawing you into all that he has created for you to accomplish. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Sometimes the way that we think about ourselves will limit will limit where we go or how we think we can serve or the impact that we think we can make when we allow God to change the way that we think it can open the doors to his calling for us. So keys to living beyond compare. Be secure in your identity. Be thankful for your blessings. Be confident in your calling. And lastly, know that there is one worthy of comparison. Last week, we looked at our God who is beyond compare, greater than any other without equal. He's the ultimate one that we are to look to for an example for our lives. Now, this isn't to say that we can't have mentors or mentor others. The Bible says iron sharpening iron, and that's a good thing. But if we only compare ourselves to another, even if it's a mentor or a pastor or leader and not to Christ, we can fall right back into that comparison trap again. We have to make sure that those that we look up to are using Christ as their comparison as well. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I love in the next letter to the church in Corinth, Paul speaks about some who are not using Christ as their comparison. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we're as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they're only comparing themselves with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. I love this verse in the NIV as well. It says, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. (laughs) I kind of think of it like this. I can try to draw a straight line freehand. Try my best. Not, not bad, but there's a wobble in the middle. It's not exactly straight. Oh, and well, there's a wobble at the bottom too. It's really not all that straight. It might appear to be fairly good, fairly straight, but you and I both know that that's not perfect. But then what happens if I get somebody else to come up? Alora, can you, will you, you don't have to say anything. Can you come up? 
See my line? See how nice and straight that looks? Can you draw a line just like my line? I'm going to give you the purple one. You got to bear down on it. Make it so they can see it. Do another one. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Laura. So Laura did good. She, she tried to do a line like my line. The first one was faint, but actually probably straighter than my line. But the next one was a little bit wobblier. And then what if she were to talk to somebody at school or at work, and she says, look how straight my line is. Draw a line just like my line. And then they're drawing a line. And then the line, oh, that one was really bad. But that's good, because <laughs> that makes my point. That the further we go, when we're trying to compare ourselves by ourselves to ourselves, whoops, it just keeps getting worse and worse because the first line isn't compared to what we need to use as our comparison. Each one is only based on the warped version of my warped version, and we stray further and further from the truth. We're only comparing ourselves to ourselves using ourselves as a standard of measurement. But if I use the one true straight line, if I use the one true straight line, this is the word of God for anybody that doesn't recognize my Bible. If I use that and draw that line, it's going to be straight. And then if I, if I have someone like Laura that I'm trying to show them what a straight line is. But I show them it's not my line. It's the standard. It's the one that we can compare to. And I teach her to use God as the standard. Then her line will also be straight. And then when she goes to school or work or whatever it is and she uses the same standard to measure by, then others will see the straight line rather than our warped, not quite right, not good line. Their line will also be closer to the standard because Christ is the only one who is worthy to be compared to. He is our standard. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 to 24 says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what's right. By his wounds, you are healed. This is the standard that we can use to measure ourselves. Know that there is one who is worthy of comparison the one who never sinned, the one true God beyond compare. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back at this time. So we've looked at keys to living a life beyond compare. The first one was be secure in your identity. Not less, not more. Be secure in your identity. Be thankful for your blessings in every circumstance. God is with you in your circumstance. Be confident in your calling. Follow him. Start with where you are and what you have. 
Know that there is one who is worthy, the only one that is worthy of comparison, the only perfect example, and that's Christ Jesus. Let me pray for you today. Can we stand together? God, I thank you that you are beyond compare. I thank you that you are our perfect example. God, we give you all the praise. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. That you are with us, that you never leave us. That each one of your promises are true. God, I pray for those that are here today. that God can fall into the comparison trap and, and think less of themselves. They think that they don't measure up, but God, they're measuring on the horizontal to others, God, when we need to measure on the vertical, looking to you and keeping our eyes on you, knowing that we are created in your image. God, I pray that you would reveal that to those. God, that that confidence that we can have in being your children, Lord, that we can walk with our, our head held high, but God, not with our noses in the air looking down at others. God, I pray for those of us that might struggle with pride from time to time, even when it's only in our own mind. God, that we would realize that we are nothing without you that it's only by your grace. God, only by your creation, by your hand that we have value. But I thank you, God, for that value. I pray for those, God, that struggle with their identity, that you would show them who you've created them to be. God, that they would realize that as a reflection of you, Lord, of your perfect character, of your perfect love, Lord, that we are enough that we don't need to strive to try to be someone else. God, we don't need to strive to try to get your, your love or your acceptance, God, because that is who you are. You love us, God. God, I pray for those that maybe have fallen into the comparison trap and have realized that they're not thankful for their blessings. God, that they've started to, to believe that some of their blessings are maybe burdens instead, that they've lost their joy. God, I pray, Lord, that they would find themselves planted in your presence. God, that they would find joy in your word and look to your word, God, meditate on it, that your joy would return. God, that thankful, in our circumstances, despite our circumstances. God, I pray for those that might be comparing their calling, maybe wishing that they had someone else's talent or influence or gift abilities. God, I pray that that you would help them to see what it is that you've placed in their hand, that like Moses, it wouldn't just be a stick. God, but that with what you've placed there, 
God, by your power, by your might, that it can do amazing things, that nations would come to know who you are because of what you've placed in our hands, Lord. God, I pray for each one that that no matter where we find ourselves, what we find ourselves comparing ourselves to, God, that we would remember just to follow you. To follow you, Jesus. And God, I pray for those that maybe have never known that there was a perfect example that they could follow and they've been wondering why, why their line is never straight because they've been basing it on others, God, that they think that might be good. God, I pray that today they would come to know you, the perfect example, the only one worthy of making comparisons to you. And God, that you're calling each one to follow you today. God, I just pray that you would help each one of us to break free from this, Lord, and to live beyond compare. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.